Welcome to Pass the Ox, a music discussion podcast that will leave you speechless. This is episode 14, and we're recording on May 5th, 2022. If you like the show, you can follow me on Twitter at PassTheOx15 for updates on the podcast, as well as my live radio show on WODU. Today, we're here discussing Lady Gaga's The Fame Monster EP, originally released in 2009, and I'm joined by special guest Jackson. How are you today, Jackson? I'm doing fabulous. I had a rough night, but you know what? (laughs) We're here in the spirit of the fame, and I'm ready. Yes, exactly. Um, Okay, so let's start with our general feelings about the album. Um, What are some things you like about it, some things that you feel about it? I feel a lot about it. (laughs) This is my favorite work that Lady Gaga's done um I feel that it was the her almost peak creativity I know a lot of people think Born This Way is and I agree but also I just think like Bad Moment I think all it's very because it's short it's very cohesive Mm -hmm. all the songs and I really like how it's sort of the dark elements to it and I think the songs really make me think and I think it's very like it talks a lot about, like, shame and, like, sexual empowerment. It's just really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of interesting ideas going on. Um, so, initially, the label wanted to do a re-release with just three songs, um, but we ended up getting the full Fame Monster EP because Thank Gaga God. wanted to give something more substantial to the fans, um, and she also persuaded the label to release it as a standalone EP because she didn't want her fans to have to pay for the same songs twice. Mm-hmm. So, thank you, Gaga. (laughs) Um, She is a co-writer and a co-producer on all of the songs, and she is the sole writer on Speechless as well, which is one of my favorites. Um, So, kind of like you mentioned, some of the themes on the album, the fame monster is about the darker side of fame, hence the addition of the word monster to the title of her debut album, The Fame. Um, and then I have this quote here, which I I literally copied and pasted it from Wikipedia. So um, if it's inaccurate in any way, um, blame Wikipedia, not me. So Gaga said, I have an obsession with death and sex. Those two things are also the nexus of horror films, which I've been obsessing over lately. I've been watching horror movies and 1950s, 1950s science fiction movies. My re-release is called The Fame Monster, so I've just been sort of bulimically eating and regurgitating monster movies and all things scary. I've just been noticing a resurgence of this idea of monster, of fantasy, but in a very real way. If you notice in those films, there's always a juxtaposition of sex with death, which is really true if you think about it. Um, That is like, I'm like, you're singing to the choir, Gaga, because that's exactly why I love this. Death and sex. Wow, that makes sense. (laughs) Because I, and also I think her costumes, like the photo shoots, Mm -hmm. with just like that black and white, she has that like white bob with like the band, like, and like she has that like, or the long black wig with the like the crow like yeah. headband. I just think visually it's just very captivating. I really, really like it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm obsessed with the cover of it's kind of weird because actually the deluxe edition cover is the one that like I feel like most people know, which is the one with like the white bob. Yeah. And she's like holding the thing over her mouth. Mm-hmm. But um the the standard cover is the one where she has like the mascara like running down her eyes. That's so good. Yeah. I love that picture. It's just so like gothic and creepy um and actually that's what i have next in my notes um so there were two album covers like i mentioned the special one and then the regular edition one um both of the photos were taken by french photographer hetty silmain um and the label is not a fan of the one with her like gothic like mascara dripping understandably because it's like pretty dark and out there 
Uh, but she managed to convince them that it was a whole part of the concept of like the light and the dark and right. yin and the yang and all that. Um, yeah. So I have a few quotes here, um, like reviewers talking about the album and things like that. Um, Andrew Unterberger from Billboard said that the fame monster is much starker and more angular. Um, when, oh, this was talking specifically about the album cover. It's much starker and more angular than the party diva framing of the fame. It's still very sleek, but there's a danger in Gaga's eyes this time out, and the feeling of greater depth in its austerity. A star, but one with a lot to say. <laughs> I like that quote. I, I like that. I think the fame monster, I like, I like how it's, um, like we were kind of talking about last time, how it's like, it shows the darker side of fame, mm-hmm. kind of the reality and almost like the nightmare of like, a lot of times I feel like when celebrities are like, I was saw a quote of like Whitney Houston, she was like, why did all this happen? Like, I feel like you, like, they become trapped, like, and Gaga was literally like, famous prison yeah. on Twitter, which is kind of like, no, it's not, like, you're rich as fuck, and like, I don't feel bad for you, but also <laughs> like, you're trapped in this, like, you can't get peace, like, your identity, mm. you belong to, like, the public now. Yeah. And I think that's almost kind of like a horror film in a way yeah totally kind of like scary to be like oh like i've i can't go back yeah and now i have to answer to people no matter what yeah i do yeah it's like that black mirror episode with miley cyrus (laughs) yeah (laughs) she's like (laughs) they're just like forcing her to keep like making music or whatever they literally hacked into her brain yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, um, yes, Unterberger from Billboard also said of Gaga in general that she took American mainstream music at one of its least interesting and most star power deprived moments and made it bigger, weirder, more visual, and infinitely more personality driven. Um, which I think is, we kind of talked about that last time. Um, oh, by the way, you should go and listen to our, um, like two and a half hour (laughs) discussion of, um... The fame, I think it was actually just two hours, not two and a half, so, um, but it easily could have been. Yes. Um, and then another quote I have here, this is, so Mike Skinner was the one who originally said this, but it was, he was being quoted by Rob Lowe, um, cause Rob Lowe is the one who's like the, like radio station personality, mm-hmm. um, and so he said, one thing you gotta remember about Lady Gaga, she put four on the floor back on American radio, which we also talked about last time, like just the... Um, contrast between pop music before the fame and after and how um, Gaga really brought those like dance hall like EDM influences yeah. and it, it's like now it's like almost like what is it over 10 years since yeah. so it's like easy to be like you know when we're like oh yeah this really like had an impact on music it's like you know whatever it's easy to be like oh that's not true or whatever but it's like you have to go back in the time like look at what was actually out yeah. And, like, look at things in the context of when it came out mm-hmm. to actually, like, get it. Because right now it's, like, you listen to it and, like, Gaga's catalog has aged a little bit. Or it's, I think it's still very fresh and exciting. But I think it's, like, almost starting to get to the point where you have to look at it in the time yeah. of when it came out to, like, understand why it had to have an impact. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so something that Gaga said in an interview, she kind of said that each song on this album represents a different monster. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah, we can talk about, like, the validity of that and, like, was <laughs> she just, like, making things up? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I did copy and paste them here. Um, so I'm just going to run through them quickly because I don't really want to spend time, like, when we discuss each song, like, talking about the monster. Um, yeah. 
So bad romance is the fear of love monster. Alejandro, fear of men monster. Fear of men monster. <laughs> I'm I like, you know that video? I'm sorry, this is off topic. Where it's like the, the Christian lady and she's like, monster. She's like, she was like, she's talking about like the um, monster energy drink and she's like, she's like, you see this? You see the tea? It's a cross. And she's like, and when you sip, you turn it up, the bottom's up, and the devil laughs. And the t- she's like, what does G- um, Christ have to do with the Coke can? Or, or energy drink? And she was like, milfs dig it, and you will too. <laughs> You're, I've never heard of this or seen this before, but I'm going to have to watch it. I need it. to show you it. It's so funny. Oh and that gosh. just makes me think, because it's like, fear of love, monster. Yeah. Fear of, fear of me- men, monster. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, and then the song monster is the fear of sex monster, speechless fear of death monster, dance in the dark fear of judgment monster, telephone fear of suffocation monster, so happy I could die fear of alcohol slash addiction monster, and teeth is the fear of truth monster. Um, so I think it's kind of interesting to look at it through this kind of lens, but at the same time I don't know like I'm like how much is this concept like really actually like part of the creation of the album and how much was it like just gaga like afterthought almost (laughs) yeah yeah or just like her like being in an interview and like yeah probably she's probably did a bunch of interviews and gets bored talking the same thing it's like yeah each song's a different monster (laughs) (laughs) i love listening to her interviews because i think i mentioned this last time as well but she's always like saying something so like so out there yeah and it's like it's like I don't know if this was like really part of the music at all. Yeah. <laughs> but it's nice that she um and I feel like <laughs> I'm coming across very I'm like joking about a lot of this. Like I ultimately like she is a very like creative Oh yeah, totally. Genius. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm like making light of it in a way by being like monster, but like <laughs> I just <laughs> I'm just in a little goofy mood today and I think that this album for me, it's so personal. I literally wrote a paper on this album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, I really like it, and, I, and I, it, I'm fascinated by the creative... I want to know what went on inside her mind to yeah. really create each thing, because I have my own theories about each song, and each song has an impact on me where I, I, I can reflect and think, like, oh, this is my kind of idea on it. Mm-hmm. So I, deep, like, I, deeply, I do really respect it creatively. Yeah, yeah, I have so much respect for her as a creative. Um, yeah. Because, like, I I pulled those quotes before. Like, she has had a huge influence on pop music. Um, and, like you said, she's a really creative person. She's a very intelligent person. Yeah. Um, I just do think it's funny to watch her interviews sometimes. Because yeah. sometimes she says things. It's like... It's like, what? <laughs> it's like, where is this actually in the music? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I love her. I love her career. I love everything about it. Yeah. Um, so, appetizers, as always, just something that... Um, if you're not familiar with the album, you can just use these songs as an entry point. Um, I think Bad Romance and Telephone are the two best ones. And then I also included Speechless because it's, it's very different than anything else on the EP. Yeah. Um, but I think it really speaks to that other side of Gaga with like the rock influences and... Um, like really singing. Yeah, yeah. And also I think the lyrics tie in really well with just all the themes of the album with like sex and death and like... Mm-hmm. everything coming together so yeah those are my three um okay here we go bad romance this is the first song on the ep it's the lead single um i have um a quote here that she said in an interview with vanity fair 
She said, I'm drawn to bad romances. My relationships with straight men are always abusive, always tumultuous, always emotional. I don't trust anybody. I have this weird thing that if I sleep with someone, they're going to take my creativity from me through my vagina. We all have like our things where we like imagine something happening and it's like, you know, in a way that it's not literally going to happen, but you still feel like metaphorically it could happen. I wonder so, if that almost is like kind of spawned from the fact that she was, you know, assaulted. Yeah. Um, before, like pretty much during, well, it was during the fame. Mm-hmm. So I, it makes sense why it's a lot about the fear and the dark sides of sex, maybe. Or yeah. Dealing with her own trauma and that she hadn't really dealt with and impact yet. Yeah. But bouncing on the fame. So I, I probably have something to do with that. Yeah, yeah, and then I just have um, this little quote here from the, the lyrics of the song. I want your horror, I want your design, because you're a criminal as long as you're mine. I want your love, I want your psycho, your vertigo shtick. Uh, want you in my rear window, baby, you're sick. And of course she's referencing like all of those um, classic films, Psycho, Rear Window. Um, so I really like that part, because I'm a huge horror movie fan. Um, yeah, and I think that really speaks to the, just the message of the song with it. Um, it really shows, like, the um, complications and the darkness of this particular relationship. Right. Um, but it's like a... Um, what's the word I'm looking for here? It's like something that hurts, but it's something that you crave at the same time. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, I think the song... And it's one of those ones, it's almost like, it's like it's been played so much that it's yeah. like, you, you like, sometimes I have to, like, take breaks from listening to it, but when I do listen to it, I'm like, wow, this is like, I just remember, like, how I, like, when I first listened to it when I was a little kid, I would be just in there. It's funny, because we're talking about, like, sex and death, and I'm like, when I was a little kid watching, <laughs> listening to it, I, I just remember, you know, not obviously understanding literally what any of that yeah. meant, but what I did know is sonically, and I didn't know the word sonically either, how... <laughs> I love the instrumental of this song. Mm-hmm. I love the the sounds that it has with the the very like industrial like mm-hmm. heavy like synthesized sounds. It it just it's very it just scratches my brain honestly, yeah. and I I really uh, like I really like it a lot. Yeah. Um, and I that's why I think this album like sonically is just so interesting. It's so dark. It's mm-hmm. like, really it's just it's dark pop, and it's like. And the video for this song, too, is incredible. Yeah. Um, I love the visuals. I think um, the scene, it's like so many, it's almost, um, Gaga's talked about how in the past she, with like the telephone video, and I'm assuming with this video, too, about how she feels like when she watches some of her older videos, she thinks there's too many ideas or too many things going on, and now she likes to focus more on like one concept yeah. and let one thing kind of speak for itself, because you can probably lose a lot of the different creative elements, like when you, it's like coming at you all at once, it's yeah. probably like easy to lose the kind of nuance of it. And But there's so many good, you know, there's the the bath scene with the big eyes. There's yeah. like the planetary um, orbital like outfit. There's like mm-hmm. the, her coming out of the like the bath house. Like yeah, the, there's that, like, her crawling. Yeah, her in the shower with like this, like her like the spines and the, like the bony like. Oh, I love that visual. Yeah, and I just think the visuals, it's so like, it's just so interesting to look at and I and then also like the the ending dance scene where she has that platinum blonde hair she mm-hmm. has her like makeup done she has like her like little like mesh like um like kind of like um bra piece whatever yeah. and she's like just like 
hitting the choreography. <laughs> like, I, like, I can't, like, it, like, I don't know. It, I just, I love it. Like, I can't, like, I feel like that's, like, peak, like, pop star. Yeah. And I, I really respect Gaga's, like, performance and, like, that she just, she, like, commits to the bit. Like, she gives herself fully. And I think that this was, um, like, she was young, still on the scene, like, new, fresh. She still had to prove herself. So I feel like it's just, like, she was just going for it. And she must, you know, I think because her label was very, like, didn't like the album cover, I imagine she had to really, like, defend these creative choices and really, like, stand. And I I just admire it because it's hard to, like, like, put yourself out there in that way Mm -hmm. and something so creative and, like, giving your life to it, but, like, having to explain it to, like, executives and people that don't understand and I just like having that like drive of like I believe in what I'm trying to create and what I'm trying to say and now there's literally two like you know uh, like like I was gonna make a funny joke but (laughs) I was gonna gonna say something but now that there's these two homosexuals (laughs) talking about it like I just think it's funny like I think it's just like the impact that she has I think it's like I think it shows like when you give yourself to something so much and you you really believe in it like it makes impact and you have to be willing to like fall and like she has fallen like with art pop like it was critically not um well received i love the album and now it's like getting like what it deserves but like you know she was gonna have the app that like failed like she Mm -hmm. lost her creative director so it's like even she even gaga like fails so i think you have to be willing to take knocks but like every now and then like you hit like these like amazing like bad romance like you hit these like really amazing like achievements yeah and I think Battle Rance is like set in stone is like like you can't take that away from her it was once the most viewed video on YouTube yeah so I and I think it has like a billion views obviously mm-hmm. so I just think like right there bam <laughs> like yeah. nothing else to say really yeah it's really cool it's it's honestly just a great song and like you said it has been like like I've heard it so many times in my life so sometimes I do have to take, like, a few months away from it. But yeah. then when I come back, it's always, like, just as fresh to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember in high school, I kind of, like, <laughs> I'm, like, rediscovered in quotes. Like, not that it ever, like, went anywhere. Yeah. But, like, I kind of, like, came back to this song after I hadn't heard it for a few years. And then um, it, it just, like, I really grew a personal connection to this song because I was, like... Um, I just had, like, a, a huge crush at the time, and it kind of, like, not to the same extent, because it wasn't a real relationship or anything like that, right. but it kind of just felt like this, where it was, like, um, like, you know, it's a bad romance, and, like, you're drawn yeah. to it, but you're, like, uh, yeah, and, of course, it was high school, so it was, like, completely stupid, but of it, course. it was validating at the time. I agree. I think a lot of the songs, they really talk about, like, it's almost like a desire versus reality. Like, it's mm-hmm. like, this is what I want or this is what I'm craving, but this is, like, my reality. I, like, I can't have what I want, but I'm, like, I, like, I want it, like, really bad. You know, I want yeah. it, but... <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, I just think, like, when... I just, I think back to, like, the place where I was kind of in high school listening to it also, and I'm just, like, you know, I was just so wanting to, like, get out of, like, that situation. <laughs> I'm, like, that situation of school. Of, <laughs> of just, like, feeling like, oh, I don't really understand myself. I want to express myself. And I think, like... Yeah. You know, the you know, listening... If, like, listening to this in my earbuds and study hall was going to, like, help me, like, feel yeah, better throughout totally. my day, then I think that that's great. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I Yeah, I think that's exactly where it came from for me as well. 
it was just like like you said there was that desire to express myself and to understand myself but I just wasn't there yet because I mean no one really is in high school um so yeah I think it really spoke to me that she was so like such a bold personality and that she was willing to like um like enact all of these like like strange visuals like do something different and to like stick so boldly to that creative decision not be afraid to like literally have people laugh like she was like people like clown her and still clown her for it you know just being her but there's also like people like you know that really appreciate her and like all her fans and and also like you know the fan named little monster yeah little monsters fan from this (laughs) so i think like i don't know i just think like it's um this to me is like peak gaga yeah totally and it also like i think back to like um when I would even like almost it reminds me of you know there's also that feeling of like nostalgia which also like I it's probably blinding and I think like we all like live through like nostalgia and it's, it is affecting my opinion regardless oh yeah and I'm just <laughs> saying that straight up but like I just think back to being a kid and at this time it was um it was a really around the same time of like the vampire diaries and like mm-hmm. all the or like monster high like all these like it was kind of that horror like kind of renaissance in like popular yeah and like culture. twilight like yeah. It, yeah like that kind of like commodified like monsters but they're hot yeah type exactly thing. and that's i feel like this is really like the soundtrack to that and it just brings me back to that time period in like pop culture that i just think is interesting because yeah. i feel like that was like because i was so young i feel like that was the first like i look back at like the 2000s and or you know stuff and i was very little so it's like i'm sort of like like Slayer for you Britney like I wasn't there for that like you know yeah. and so like I don't I wasn't there but I feel like this I actually like experienced like growing mm-hmm. up like this was our era growing up of yeah. like and it's just it brings me back to that nostalgia too that I just think is like priceless and I think that like it's just it's fun to be able to kind of go back and it's like kind of like escapism I guess to yeah. you know go back to that like and it just brings me back to like the kind of like creepy like horror stuff that was mm-hmm. coming out at the time yeah I literally watched Twilight last night I'm not <laughs> kidding you um, I hadn't seen it, like, since it came out, mm-hmm. um, but, yeah, I really like that era of pop culture as well, um, I mean, for the, probably for the same reason, like, the nostalgia, yeah. but also, I think it's really interesting how it was, like, um, of course, people, like, still look down on, like, those things, and they say, like, um, mostly because they're associated with, like, femininity in women, um, yeah, like, like, um, uh, because Twilight is essentially, Story like, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Twilight is, like, essentially repack- repackaging, like, vampire lore, and then, like, putting it into, like, a space where it can be accessible to, like, the teenage female gaze, basically. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of people look down on it for that, um, but I think, I think it's time, um, to revisit Twilight, mm-hmm. and to just say, like, you know, this is actually good. <laughs> there was this one video of I remember um it was like a one of those like critic videos and they were just like going in on like the author of Twilight and just oh, yeah. saying a lot of like sexist things they actually they made like an apology saying like oh like I was this was like rooted in like misogyny or yeah whatever. and I just think it's interesting how like like we like we look back and go oh well this wasn't okay back at the time like now yeah. we know things that you know now we're educated or we can see like the impact that this had on people's lives and like be like oh like I shouldn't have like this was fully rooted in like a a viewpoint that was like obsolete now 
Yeah. Yeah, and I do just want to add, like, Twilight is not above criticism. Of course <laughs> um, not. Like, I mean, yeah. I've never even seen Twilight, so... Yeah, like, it's not perfect, but, I mean, it's, like, you know, it's fun for what it is. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I said, like, it's just that, like, a repackaging, of, like, an updating of the vampire mythos. Right. And just, like, making it, like, sexy, but, like, in a, in a way that's, um, like, safe for teenagers, I guess you would say. Yeah. Um, so it's not, like, I mean, overly I sexy. Shirt off. But, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> But it's very, like, feminine gazy, which I appreciate. Um, so, yeah. Um, sorry, not to get off on a Twilight thing, but I, like I said, I literally just watched it last night, so mm-hmm. it's, like, fresh in my mind. Yeah. Um, I just yeah. think, like, last thing I'll say, because we're literally only on Bad Romance, <laughs> yeah. but this is, like, the soundtrack to that. Like, I think it just shows, like, how cutting edge and, like, for the time, like, because mm-hmm. all that, like, sh- like, I just think, it, like, she had to work on this for, like, you know, probably a year or two before. Yeah. So the fact that it was, like, right on time, I think just shows, like, she has, like, was on the pulse of, like, the culture at the time. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, and then um, Alejandro's the second track. So this was the third single from the album. Um, I really like the violin melody in the intro, and it's actually a sample. Um, it was from a song called... I'm going to mispronounce it because I believe it's Italian... Um, but it's it's spelled C S A R D A S, so I think it's Sardis maybe, and it's composed. I, mean, by... I don't speak Italian, but I can. <laughs> yeah, if only Gaga were here. <laughs> um, and it's composed by Vittorio Monti. Um, I probably mispronounced that as well, so I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, I really like that. Like, <laughs> um, I really like just all of the all of the song. Right. Um, it's a really cool song. Um, and I do have some stuff about the video, but let's talk about the song first. The um, song, I, th- once again, I'm looking at this through, like, literally being, like, eight years old. So, <laughs> it's, like, I, it's, like, it, it sounds, like, funny to be, like, I've never heard anything like it before, but I've never had before. <laughs> like, I never heard anything like it. Like, that intro where she's, like, I know that we're young and I know that you love me. Like, the way yeah. she's just, I just love it. Like, the way that she, like, says that intro and it's, like expressing this like loving like desire and like her voice with the instrumental it like in it, it's like i guess it's um i like i like i'm like it makes me feel something yes yeah. it does <laughs> yes it does yeah it's and, so dramatic and i like i just remember like being a little kid and just being like i like just replaying it over and over mm-hmm. and just being like this is, like i wanted to understand like yeah. what it meant like i you know and so and then like it just brings me back to the almost like innocence of like it's interesting, like, I don't know, I, I really like the song. I love um, the beat, like, it's very, like, mm-hmm. hard-hitting, and I, her vocals are very, like, kind of, like, almost light and kind of, like, angelic, but still, they have, like, an edge to them Yeah, that I find really interesting, and I love, like, the, like, the, you know that I love you, boy, like, mm-hmm. it's just so good, like, it, it's, it's infectious, it makes you want to dance, and yeah. it's, like, it's so good. Yeah, totally. Um, I also think the lyrics are really interesting. Um, like, I have, like, a little, like, broken heart emoji next to this part. <laughs> um, she's not broken. She's just a baby. But her boyfriend's like her dad, just like her dad. And all those flames that burned before him, now he's got a firefight, got to cool the bad. Um, I really feel like you just don't get things like that in pop music that often. Yeah. Um, maybe it's more common now, but... Um, like, historically, it's just not, like, super common to hear people talking about, like, like having had, like, traumatic relationships in the past, and then now, like, 
how do you work forward from that in new relationships right um and it's not that this song is like necessarily extremely concerned with like like what are the actual steps to that healing process Mm -hmm. but it's just like to even mention it at all i feel like is really interesting yeah Um, there's yeah there was a um i remember a kids pop thing we know they used to have the like um this is the new song that's coming out like on mm-hmm. TV and there was a, they changed lyrics to but her boyfriend's like a friend just like a friend <laughs> no <laughs> no and I just I think that's hilarious but yeah that lyric was always very interesting like her boyfriend's like a dad like what mm-hmm. is that like that's like weird like what does yeah. that mean like, like I guess it's just sort of like almost like because she's had the traumatic relationships like kind of like having to be like a nurturing figure in a way yeah and I just think it's really interesting how it talks about, like, the dark side of relationships, like, versus, mm-hmm. like, something like boys, boys, boys or something. Yeah. It's like, this is, like, this is, like, the real, mm-hmm. like, deep down, like, this is, like, issues that I have going on. Yeah. And that reference to, like, um, like comparing the boyfriend to the dad, it reminds me of one of my favorite Joni Mitchell songs. It's called Willie. And the opening line of the song, she says... Willie is my child, he is my father. And she's, like, seeing this about, like, this guy that she's in a relationship with. Mm. And it's really interesting because, um, obviously, like, at first glance, that sounds a little bit, like, weird and, like, borderline, like, incestuous. And you're like, okay, not not into that. (laughs) Yeah. But if you think about it, like, it really is, um, like, when you're in a long-term relationship with someone, it really, it does become, like, the dynamic becomes, like, I don't want to say warped. But it does, like, kind of become a little bit, like, it can, it can be influenced by your past relationships. Like, if you have, like, daddy issues or anything like that. Um, And it can also become, like, like, that could be a good or a bad thing. Like, your relationship with your parents influences your uh, romantic relationships. Right. And then also there's that idea of, like, it's someone that you care for and that you, you, like, provide for them in a way. Like, um, whether it's emotionally, financially, like, whatever it is. But it's so it's like kind of like a child and a parent in that way. I totally I get what you're saying. I really yeah. do. Like the dynamic of like because when you're in a relationship you only bring what you have mm-hmm. and what you have is based on like experiences growing up. Like yeah. my relationship with my parents, like what have I been through like inside. And so that's why it's so important to like try to heal yourself as much as possible. Obviously no one ever is like, I'm perfectly healed and like yeah. I'm fine. But <laughs> I it does. <laughs> yeah, like I'm 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 ready to be done. Yeah, like, you can't constantly, like, live in that mental space. Yeah. You have to acknowledge that it's there, but then to also, like, try to move forward from it. Exactly. Yeah, I get what you're saying, yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about this video, because there's so much going on here. Um, okay, so I'm pretty sure I... Yes, I copy and pasted this from Wikipedia as well. <laughs> Alejandro has a nine-minute video. Pass the ox brought to you by Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's directed by photographer Stephen Klein. Um, it features totalitarian imagery, and it plays upon that imagery from the 1930s. Um, and so, of course, there's, like, some, like, Hispanic vibes with the whole name, like, Alejandro and everything. Right. So it makes sense that, like, people might think it's about, like, the, like, Franco regime of, mm-hmm. like, the early 30s and that stuff. Um, in the video, they're, like, in war. There's, like, soldiers. Yeah. And I'm, like, there's, like, there's war. There's soldiers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... But, so, it's also said (laughs) that the video references the treatment of homosexuals in Nazi Germany. I definitely Um, get the German vibe. Yeah, totally. 
Um, and it says also here that these references are rooted in imagery from the 1972 film Cabaret, which I've never seen that film. But um, yeah, so it's kind of an interesting like melding of cultures here because we've got like kind of like the Spanish vibe, the Italian mm-hmm. vibe, and then also like the German vibe. Right. So it's kind of like when you're watching it, you're like, wait a minute, what country are we in? Yeah. Um, but I don't think you're really like, I don't think it's it's inspired by those real life events but i don't think it's like directly imitating one of them i think it's just like yeah um, like the conglomeration of all three of them very, in the video yeah very like euro yeah vibes. yeah it's just like european fascism in general mm-hmm. um yeah so so i'll just let you kind of talk about the video like what are you oh what are your thoughts so this video honestly um the, the video, like, visually, it's, like, stunning. Yeah. Um, like, I think it's, like, so high quality. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know, like, if it was just, like, the the budget was, like, there for this video. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, I think um, it makes you, it's, like, when you're watching it, it almost is, like, it's very uncomfortable to watch. Honestly. It is. Um, but I love that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think it, it really strips down to, like, the, like, dangerous and like edgy sides of like sexual relationships like mm-hmm. when she's like dancing with the like like the nude outfit like she's basically like naked essentially yeah. just like or then when it shows like the um all the the soldiers like in like the beds with like the metal like thrust it's just like yeah. it's crazy like and i think it just it's what it's trying to show is like the like the dangerous sides of like sex or like the dark you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's really interesting. And I also love, you know, how Gaga has the gun bra in this. Yeah. I'm like, there's great <laughs> looks. I love that. That's, like, the most, like, normal look when she has, like, kind of, the, like, the business suit on. Yeah. And they're, like, dancing. Like, I like that a lot. Um, but, yeah, like, literally as I'm saying it, I'm just, like, watching the video in my mind. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this video is crazy. I don't really know how to, like, I'm like, you know that clip of Gaga where she's like, how do I explain it? <laughs> I'm like, how do I even explain it? I don't know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, um, I also think um, it's interesting, kind of the like, the war and like the the cold like snow. Like I really, I love like, the snow. It makes you feel like cold, like mm-hmm. watching it. And she has like those those really cool glasses, like the movable glasses. Yeah, and she like moves each one, and yeah. Yeah, so that's really cool. Um, yeah. Once again, I just think it's in the theme of like insane visuals that like you can't really quite put your finger on, mm-hmm. and like it's just pop perfection. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely really interesting. I think there's so much room for analysis there. Um, Because there's also, like, that religious aspect to it as well, where she's got, like, the rosary beads, and she's, like... Yeah. yeah. Once again, I think a lot of times it can almost talk about, like, like religious trauma and, like, what effects that can have on, you know, sex, because it's, uh, like, purity culture and how, like, fucked up that is. So, um, once again, I think it's just, like, showing the results of that, which results in, like, people doing, like unsafe things or like you know it, it can man like if if people aren't like educated properly on like what to do there's going to be negative things so that's why it's like we should like educate people on like safe sex and like mm-hmm. letting people express themselves and to avoid like people like doing dangerous things yeah <laughs> yeah okay so the next song track three it's monster. I have very few notes for this one. It's literally just lyrics from the song. Um, I love the intro 
Don't call me Gaga. I've never seen one like that before. Don't look at me like that. You amaze me. I still have no idea what that means, but I think it's just, it sounds really nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, this was almost the lead single. Oh, that's crazy. I, um, but they did, which I'm glad it's not because I love the song. This is actually like one of my favorite um, Gaga songs, to be honest. I don't know. Um, it just reminds, once again, it's the nostalgia. I love it. I, I just think um, when I was a kid, I, I didn't like I didn't like the song at first because it was very it made me, it was like very obviously dark and yeah. I was like this is kind of weird like I don't really like how this sounds <laughs> but then I just like I just kind of like kept listening to it and I was like whoa this is really cool yeah and I think um, the intro like I don't know I think it's like a seed of like what the album's about but I I don't think it like fully dives into the themes the way that the other songs do like I don't think it's as fleshed out as I totally as agree, the, yeah. as the other songs. Yeah, this is more like a pop song, and she just kind of like has that element of like the monster like thrown in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas the other songs, like you said, they're more like um, combining multiple of the themes with like the sex and the death and the fame and like all of it. Right. Whereas this one is really just like about one thing. Like that boy's a monster. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I love that. Um, and what's funny is this song <laughs> is like it's I can listen to it over and over again, and I never get tired of it. Um, and I love the part, I love the bridge where it's like, he ate my heart, he ate my heart instead, mm-hmm. like he's the monster in my bed. Like, I just think it's so simple, but I just, I love how it sounds like sonically. I think it's very kind of like a, an 80s instrumental synth vibe. And I just think it's really cool to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. It's also kind of clever because she does that, um, I guess like subversion of like you typically expect like the monsters under the bed and so now like he's the monster in my bed so that's yeah. just like it's kind of cute yeah um yeah and i also like there's a lot of like animalistic like words going on here right because she says like he's a wolf in disguise and she says he licked his lips um and said to me girl you look good enough to eat was this um, monster the fear of was it fear of men or sex um i think it was fear of sex i think alejandro's fear of men Okay. Yes, this one is fear of sex. Right. So I think that it's kind of makes sense in the song because it's like it's like talking about like like he ate my heart and he ate my brain, like he tore my clothes off. Like it's kind of like talking about like this violent like violent stuff yeah. about like what ha- like in or like um how she's perceiving like sex with this person to be very like it's like traumatic doing yeah. a lot to her. It's like traumatic. So yeah. I think that's kind of interesting too yeah i think that really ties into the quote that i mentioned earlier where she was like afraid to have sex with someone because she thought they were gonna like take her creativity yeah um that like totally is the same idea i feel like um yeah but then she also still has like that desire like she has like the physical desire in her body but then in her mind she's like Mm -hmm. afraid of it yeah 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 well we were like this one isn't that deep (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah Um, okay, so this is, I'm going to go ahead and say it. This is my favorite song in the album, Speechless. Mm-hmm. Um, all the, like, 70s rock feels. It's really great. Um, there's also, like, a lot of quotable lyrics for me here. Um, so I'll start off by saying it's actually inspired by her dad's recovery from heart surgery. But I didn't know that for the longest time. So I still, like, prefer to think of it, like, just, like, connected to my own personal experiences. Because, right. I mean... that's what we all do but um yeah so I really like some of the lyrics here I'll never talk again oh boy you've left me speechless and I'll never love again oh boy you've left me speechless 
Um, there's also some, like, alcoholic references here. It kind of makes it sound like the guy has, like, an alcohol addiction, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, she says he has Johnny Walker eyes. Um, there will be no love left to rye. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she also mentions Death and Company, which is, um, I didn't know until I researched um, for this episode, but that's actually, like, a bar. Oh, um, really? Yeah. So she says, like, um, some men may follow me, but you choose Death and Company. So, like, he, instead of, like, uh, staying with her, he's going to the bar. So, wow. yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And then I also like the bridge. And after all the drinks and bars that we've been to, would you give it all up? Could I give it all up for you? And after all the boys and girls that we've been through, would you give it all up? Could you give it all up if I promise, boy, to you that I'll never talk again and I'll never love again? I'll never write a song. Won't even sing along. I'll never love again. Yeah, this song is great. This is, like, the perfect song to just, like, like karaoke, like, belt it out. Yeah. I'm wondering if it's, like, she's talking about, like, oh, I'm worried someone's going to steal my creativity. Like, if she's in, like, such a committed relationship, then she's not going to be able to write and she's not going to be able to, like, be creative. Yeah. I wonder if that's kind of what it's saying. I also love the lyrics of, like, something about, like, your half-wide broken jaw. Yeah, and, like, it's you creepy. Popped, like, you popped my heart seams. Yeah, like, it's it, a very, it sounds creepy. yeah. So I just, I like those lyrics. Yeah, that makes me think of, like, Tim Burton, like, The Corpse Bride. Yeah. Just, like, all of that, like, visuals there. Yeah. Um, okay. Dance in the Dark. Um, this one, again, I mostly just have, like, lyrics, um, here in my notes. So, of course, we open with the iconic silicone, saline, poison, inject (laughs) me, which, um, kind of speaks to, like, um, like drugs and like drug addiction and also like how that connects to fame and all that stuff right um and then we also have like this character who's like very insecure about her appearance mm-hmm. uh, in the light of day and so in the light of day like the boyfriend calls her a mess uh, which makes her feel even worse about her appearance and then right. when she's finally able to be herself in the dark and she's like getting frisky a little bit <laughs> then the boyfriend calls her a tramp so it's like yeah she's really just like she can't be herself in either place um and then um in the bridge she references uh all of these famous people who have um died like in some way connected to their fame um or like their insecurities so Marilyn Monroe um who died from drug overdose I think Judy Garland did as well um yeah. Sylvia Plath um took her own life um, John Benet Ramsey, she was oh yeah, yeah, she was like a young like pageant queen, um, yeah, who was like murdered, she yeah, really sad. yeah, and so that one like the connection there is that like because she was famous, she was in the spotlight, and then someone wanted to murder her, yeah, um, and then we also have Liberace and Princess Diana, um, yeah, all people that kind of died and well, I guess Judy Garland wasn't at the height of her fame when she died, but I feel like everyone else was. Or at least, like, Marilyn Monroe and yeah. Princess Stan and, like, all these people were, they were in the, like, um, height of their fame yeah. when they when they passed. So, that's kind of interesting, too. And I think this song's interesting also because it, like, is talking about shame and being, like, I feel like I can only be myself in dark. Yeah. Which is interesting because we were talking about how, like, we love how Gaga is so open to, like, put herself out there creatively, and so it's almost, like, I don't feel, I feel like this song isn't 
from her perspective. Yeah, I think it's a character um, song. Yeah, so I think, but it's like even something like that, like inner shame, like that no one would want to talk about, is like put out there up on the forefront of something. Just it's like that people can relate to. So yeah. I think that's cool too. Yeah, I almost wonder if she's like maybe thinking about like um, maybe like like a part of herself that she doesn't show, or like a, mm-hmm. a, a version of herself from the past. Yeah. Where she was, like, more of that, um, feeling more of those insecurities. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, not that she's, like, above insecurity at all. I'm sure she does still, like, feel those things, like, because that's a human emotion. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, I do definitely think it's more of a character piece, but I think it could, there could be, like, some inspiration from her own experiences as well. Um, okay, so now we have the second single, Telephone, which features Beyonce. And, of course, this was originally written for a Britney Spears Circus album. Um, Thank God Britney didn't take it. Yeah, I just can't even imagine hearing Britney's, like, voice on this song. Yeah. It doesn't go with Blackout, either. No. Or, was it Circus or Blackout? Circus. Oh, yeah. Circus, okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, the concept of the circus is basically about, you know, like, a circus. <laughs> <laughs> well said. <laughs> Um, yeah, so this is about, like, a suffocating relationship. Like, she's just trying to have, like, a fun night at the club, and this guy just keeps calling and calling, and she's like, oh my god, like, leave me alone. Um, and of course, it's a metaphor for fame, which, um, ties back to what we were talking about earlier on one of the previous songs. Um, I, like, I was checking to make sure that you, you spelled Britney right in your (laughs) name. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, um, yeah, so just that idea that, like, people in the public eye, they can't, like, go out and live their life without being bothered by a paparazzi. Like, because mm-hmm. Lady Gaga, like, she can't just, like, go to the club. Yeah. Because um, even if she puts on a disguise, like, people are still <laughs> going to recognize Like, there's Lady Gaga in a disguise. <laughs> <laughs> She's got, like, the fake mustache. Like, um, yeah. Um, and then also, kind of what you mentioned earlier, where, like, um, maybe there's hesitancy to be in a relationship because... Um, that might take her attention away from her career. Yeah. I think that totally works here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just sonically, I love like just all of the elements of like the phone. Yeah. Um, like, being worked into the song. Like you have like that. Um, I don't know what, I guess it might be a synth or something at the beginning. I don't know exactly. Or maybe a keyboard of some kind. Mm-hmm. But it just sounds like a phone, like ringtone or something. Like, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, and then also we have like the voice at the end where it's like, sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry. It's like <laughs> the last like I got one. the last one. <laughs> <laughs> Someone should edit that at the end. But no, um, that voice is creepy at the end. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I, like, I think this one is very... This one's, like, simple. It's, like, stop calling. I don't want to talk to you. I want to go out and have fun. Um, And I think that's interesting because it's, like, compared to, like, the other songs that are very, like, I'm longing for a desire of this person. So it's interesting. And I think just, like, this song, the the video is crazy. Once again, the crazy visuals that, Mm -hmm. like, she's, like, in prison. She's, like, stripped. And then she's, like hanging out in, like, the prison yard, and then, like, Beyonce comes and picks her up, and they go to the freaking, like, they're gonna go kill, like, all the people in the diner, like, yeah. I think, and then I love, I love that, like, random little, um, scene in the, when they're in the kitchen, and, like, they're making the poison, and Gaga's, it's like, da-da, and she's like, <laughs> like, she's like, she has, she walks out with, the, like, the telephone, like, on her head, I just, I think it's so, it's so crazy, it's so funny, because, like, like, Beyonce and her, like, boyfriend have, like, in the video have, like, kind of, like, more of a serious, 
like a scene and then Gaga comes out with her like telephone mm-hmm. and she's like, I'm here to poison you. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love it. And I love how also randomly like, you know, she like, she does like, she like makes her like hands like, um, like lobster hands <laughs> and pretends to like bite. Like, it's just like, what's going on? Like, yeah. I, it's, it's so just crazy and fun to watch. Yeah. And I love her look at like the, the blonde wig. Um, yeah. yeah. And just like that whole, like, yeah, that's really cool to me. I love the dance scene where um, um, there's they have the very like Americana like outfits, mm-hmm. and I think Gaga looks so good in that little like the two piece with mm-hmm. the like I think that's so cool, and I think it's interesting how Beyonce and Lady Gaga like you watch them do the same choreography, but they both dance very very differently. Like yeah, you know Beyonce is you know a better dancer, but like <laughs> but, but, but um, I think they have different styles of dancing because Gaga's very like. Uh, like more kind of like classic or more like um what's it lyrical in a way yeah. kind of and Beyonce's more like I'm hitting every mark for yeah. the camera it's like the different ways in which they cause Gaga was like you know like um more like a classically trained mm-hmm. you know dancer musician and Beyonce was like you know trained and raised to be like Beyonce yeah exactly. <laughs> and that pop star so I think it's interesting to watch their difference like kind of just compare their two stars together it's like both stars at once it's like a lot for the eyes yeah yeah it's really interesting i kind of wish we had gotten like more collaboration between them but i think like i don't know all the details you may know more of it than me but i think they like kind of got into like a disagreement about something and they're not like really that friendly anymore um i don't know i did not know that actually i'm not sure but that makes sense why gaga wasn't sent um what's um beyonce's clothing line Oh, I don't remember. A lot. I'm like... Yeah. <laughs> well, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so next track. So Happy I Could Die. Um, so the opening lyric, I love that lavender blonde, the way she moves, the way she walks. Um, and so here, I like that she could be talking about, like, herself, because, um, you know, but she could also be talking about, like, a woman that she's attracted to. So I just love that, like, mystery of, like, you can interpret it both ways. Right. Um... And then she also says, just know when that glass is empty that the world is going to bend. And I really love her vocal delivery there. Like, it really, like, takes you right to the chorus. Um, Yeah, and so for me, I interpret that as saying, like, her problems are still going to be there, like, after she recovers from her drinking binge. And so it's really, like, she's not doing anything for herself. She's just, like, temporarily removing herself from the situation, but it's still going to be, like, she's still going to have to deal with it. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Um, This is probably my favorite favorite song Ooh. um this is like i first it takes me like i'm like it sounds like so corny but it takes me somewhere else mm-hmm. i feel like it's like it like i feel like i'm floating when i listen to it like actually like i just think the instrumental of it's like the industrial synth synth is so good mm-hmm. and it's like it like i don't know i feel like the way i feel like i see the song like when i listen mm-hmm. to it if that makes sense like um yeah, it just it has such an impact on me, and I really, I, I never get tired of listening to it, because I think it's very, it's like, it's such, it's like, it, like, it's very sad, or it's yeah. very, like, melancholy, but it's beautiful in the same way of this kind of, like, because I think it's like, you can, like, release, like, sad emotions, and, like, it can still be beautiful, too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Like yeah, it is really interesting, because it has, like, that feel of, like, like, you're dancing and partying, but then it's, like... Like, you also know that this is, like, not a solution to, like, mm-hmm. all of the things that you're, like, 
trying to work through. Yeah. So, yeah, totally. Um, okay, last song is Teeth. Um, I literally have two notes for this song in there. Um, so the first one, Show Me Your Teeth. Um, I read on... I, think I don't it was, like this one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't dislike it, um, but it's never going to be the one that I go to first on yeah. the album. And it's definitely my least favorite out of these eight songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really makes no sense to me as the closer, because I'm like... I'm like we like speechless was right there, or even so happy I could die would be like a perfect closer. So it's I my feel closer. like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like teeth. Like if they were gonna include it, either either should have been like a bonus track, or like it should have been somewhere in the middle. Because on the album. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, but I read on Genius like somebody was interpreting this as like show me your teeth means to be honest or like to tell the truth, which makes sense because Gaga said it was like the fear of truth monster. Um, <laughs> you're laughing. Um, um, I'm yeah. sorry. I just I don't like the song. I feel like I like I like to go say show me your teeth. <laughs> oh my god! Like I just think it's like I don't know. I mean, it's fine. I just I think like I just don't like this song. I I, I feel like it's so random. It's like it is. It doesn't make sense. It's I guess it's kind of just like kind of going back to the, like the animalistic kind of yeah theme um i just i think it's boring i don't like listening it to it um comparatively it is very boring yeah because it's like it's just a straightforward like and it's not not trying to make like shut up like i, I don't like this <laughs> yeah um i do kind of like the some of the melody like some of the vocal melody um like i like when she says take a bite of my bad girl meat yeah that's like <laughs> funny yeah, like, it's so, like, um, it's, like, schlocky. It's, like, cheesy. Yeah. Um, and then I also like the melody when she says, I'm gonna love you with my hands tied. Oh, um, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's really all I have to say about that one. Um, I feel like... It just feels like there's not enough, like, ironically, there's not enough meat in the song that has the word meat in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, I think it's, it's funny because um, she was, like, sued by the the writer who like apparently there wasn't the person didn't see their like share of their writing profits or whatever i don't totally know about that but i'm like i wouldn't want that on my resume (laughs) that's hilarious (laughs) oh my gosh okay um so here we are at the end of the episode um and usually I list, like, two or three favorites for each album, but I thought since there's only eight, I was like, I'll just do a ranking of them. Okay. Um, and then you can, like, react, and then if you want to share your ranking as well. Yes. So my number one... I'm excited. I know. So my number one is actually Bad Romance. Um, I just feel like in terms of, like, the longevity and, like, the impact, um, it's just, like, so good. And so mm-hmm. it has to be my number one. Then I have Speechless, which is probably, like, my personal favorite. Um, but it's, like, so close with Bad Romance because they're both, like... Like, Bad Romance has more of, like, a broader impact, like, on the culture at large. But then Speechless has, like, a personal impact for me. So right. that's why I kind of, like, rank them that way. Number three, I have Alejandro. Nice. Number four, I have Telephone. Five, I have Monster. Six, So Happy I Could Die. Seven, Dance in the Dark. And then eight... It's, like, several spaces down <laughs> his teeth. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that is my ranking. I like that. I agree. with Because I think um, I, 
I love that you love Speechless. I feel like that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Let me pull up the tracks so yeah. I can do my little silly little ranking. <laughs> so, honestly, my favorite is So Happy Happy Die. For me, that's number one. I'm far away. So you're fine. Um, yeah, So Happy I Could Die, one. Um, I would say two is Monster. Um, okay. Those two are just, I love those. Those are the ones that I listen to the most, and I just really like them. Mm-hmm. Um, then probably Alejandro. Mm-hmm. Because that's another one that I really like. Um, and I just, that intro just gets me every time. Um, then I would say Bad Romance, for mm-hmm. sure. And then Speechless. And then Dance in the Dark. And then Telephone. Just because I'm, honestly, I'm over Telephone. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm so tired of that song. It's like, it's like a California Girls. Like, I can't listen to it. I don't, like, oh, it's crazy. just, it's so overplayed. But I love it, you know, whatever. Um, and, but, yeah. And then Teeth, for me, is, like, bottom of the barrel, mm-hmm. horrid. Is that, like, your least favorite Gaga song? Probably. Um, maybe that and, like, A Thousand Doves. We should, <laughs> we, should, we should talk about, like, like favorite Gaga versus, like, because I have, like, the ones I love, I, like, love, but the ones I don't like, I really don't like. That's hilarious. Yeah, but... I feel like um, people get that way with, like, an artist that they really love. Yeah. Because it's, like, um... Like, not only are they super protective of, like, their favorites, mm-hmm. but they're also, like, super spiteful to their <laughs> favorites. I know. I, I didn't even realize that, like, I was so, such a hater of Teeth until I started talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And, and it's not that serious. It's just a song. But it's just, like, yeah. it's, like, compared to, like, like, I don't, I'm, like, I'm not, like, actually, like, I don't actually have a vendetta against Teeth. I just don't like it. But it's, like, it's the worst song in the album. <laughs> Yeah, oh, easily. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because, I mean, like we mentioned before, like, just thematically and, like, conceptually, mm-hmm. there's just so little to teeth. This is turning into a teeth-hating, like... <laughs> yeah. And, and I like teeth. Like... Teeth, you have cavities, you're snaggle tooth, and <laughs> you're yellow, and I don't like Yeah. Yeah, and it's not even, like, a, it's not a bad pop song, I feel like, but it's just, like, sitting next to all of these other, like, songs that are, like... They're almost, like, elevated pop, you know? Like, there's, like, more to them. Agreed. So I think it just really pales in comparison. Um, And then I'm also... Never mind. (laughs) What? (laughs) Never mind. Okay. Um, But, yeah, like, really the top six for me, Bad Romance, Speechless, Alejandro, Telephone Monster, and So Happy I Could Die, they're all, like, really close. Yeah. Um, And then Dance in the Dark is, like, just, like, a step beneath those. And then Teeth is, like, another step below that. Yeah. But yeah, I don't hate any of them, though. I wish I could say this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we'll Sorry. just go ahead and wrap it up there. Um, yes, this is the... Um, I'm like, this is the best... This is my favorite Gaga project. And mm. this is something that I can always listen to and come back to. And I really like how it brings out those feelings of longing and desire juxtaposed with, like fears and trauma and mm. I think it's just it's a very it, it's very emotion it provokes a lot of emotion out of me and I think that it's like cool to have something that kind of like brings comfort in like it brings comfort to like uncomfortable emotions or like yeah hard feelings because a lot of times for me like I feel emotions very deep so I'm like I'm so happy or I'm so sad and so like it's cool to have like music you can put on and like kind of just cope with life sometimes mm-hmm. yeah well said. 
Um, so once again, you can follow me on Twitter at PassTheOx15. Um, yeah, that's really all I have to say. Is there anything you want to promote or plug? Um, oh, okay. So everyone, you need to get SoundCloud. You need to look up Accounted For, and you're going to hear the best music of your life. Yes, you are. And then you're also going to follow me on Instagram at Jackson Tressler, and you're going to click the link in my bio because you're also going to see the best cinematic video you've ever seen in your life, too. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, um, y'all know what to do. You heard your instructions, your homework. <laughs> um, thank you all for listening, and I will see you on the next episode.